Good morning and welcome back. We're going to study the fifth chapter of Ilkhot Hamesu Masa. This is a very important chapter. It's a very difficult chapter as well. This one defines precisely what is Hames, what are the, the Hamesh, Hamesh uh, Minedagan, etc. And uh, it's interesting. It's not specifically, it's, it's not exactly what, what you think. So let's begin. Halakha Aleph. En asur mishum Hames bapesah. The only thing that is forbidden on Pesach is five specified kinds of grain that uh, that uh, that, were, that were specified by the Mishnah. Vehem, and they are two kinds of wheat, two wheat species. Shehen They are hita is wheat. That's the easiest kind. Then kusemet. I'm, I'm going to, to tell you in a second. Rashi translates uh, spelt, but uh, uh, Dr. Felix, who was a researcher of the flora and fauna in, in Israel in the times of the Mishnah, at uh, Hacham also, he said this is emerwit, and he proved that this was used around this time, so it would have made sense. Um, and then there is three kinds of barley the first one is is barley is very easy now what are and shifon this is uh, extremely important and relevant because although for Rashi the shibolechual is what we call today he calls it avena what we call today oats for Harambam that's not the case. Uh, it needs to be a kind of barley. Oats is not a kind of of barley. Uh, so we, we we don't have a rye, and in in Arabic the one that uh, that Harambam brings, it seems to be the two row, the the, the two row barley. So the five species again they are the the wheat. The six-row barley, which is the, the regular barley, the emmer wheat, which is the second kind of wheat, the two-row barley, and then the last one is spelt. So these are the five grains. You'll notice, very importantly, oats doesn't seem to be one of them. This is Mahloket Rishonim. Um, and we, we know pretty clearly what Rambam wanted, what Rambam wanted to say, because he also left us the word in Arabic, which is which is the, the, the Turo barley that I just mentioned, it's not oats according to Harambam. So let me repeat, according to Harambam, oats are not hames on Pesach. They are also not one of the five grains. You don't say hamosi on them. You cannot uh, do masa on them, and so on and so forth. I just have to refresh the Mishneh Torah. Just give me a second, some technical difficulties. Okay, here we go. Um, okay, so these are the five grains. But any other kind of legumes, like rice, rice is, is one of the examples, or any other kind of, of grain that's not one of the five grains, or, uh, or, or actual legumes like uh, chickpeas, uh, beans, and uh, lentils, and so on and so forth. 
אין בהם משום חמץ, they do not have חמץ, they are not called חמץ, אלא אפילו להשכם אחורז וכיוסי בו בלוטחים וכיסאו בבגדים אשר נטבח כמו בסק שהחמיץ, rather even if you take rice flour, you, you, you mix it with hot water, you make everything possible so that this rice really ferments and, and you have really a dough that has fermented and leavened, this leavening, although Chemically, it may be similar, there may be yeast there, maybe bacteria, it doesn't matter, this is not called hames. It's permissible to eat this on Pesach, because this is, legally speaking, it's not called hames, but rather it's called sirachon. Does it mean that uh, a, in, a, in a lab it would look any different? No, it could be the same, just legally the definition, this is not hames. Halachabet. חמשת מיני דגן אלו עם לשן במפלות בלבד בלא שום מים בעולם אינם באים לידי חימוס. This, one more thing, these five grains, if no water comes in, into contact with them but just simply uh, liquids that come from fruits, in other words fruit juices or, or, or other fruit derivatives like honey or syrup or wine, but without any drop of water whatsoever, they also legally speaking by definition they do not become hames ella afilu hinihan kol hayom ashtibach kol habasek hareze mutar ba'akhila rather even if you leave them all day long until the dough has risen and leavened in other words you take orange juice and wheat flour and then you let it leaven this would not be considered hames although chemically speaking it's the same thing but rather uh, שאין מפירות מחמיסין אלא מסריחים, but rather this is סירחון, not חימוס, not that it's a different chemical process, again, but rather that it's a different legal definition. A note, although I just read הרזה מותר באכילה, I want to point out הרמב״ם סן רבי אברהם בן הרמב״ם, he said that towards the end of his life his father changed this from הרזה מותר באכילה to הרזה פטור מקרת. In other words, that for Harambam, if you do cause something to leaven through juices and other non-water liquids, then it's not permissible to eat it, however, you're also not Hayav Karet. Uh, but obviously for Harambam as well, if this did not leaven, if you use wine or grape juice or anything without any water, and it didn't leaven, it, it just stayed like that, then this is obviously Mutar, tweet for whichever of the versions <coughs> and other kinds of wines and oils and, uh, and juices. But again, it cannot have even one drop of water. With one drop of water in many, many gallons of wine, this would be enough to cause the Hameshat Minedagan to be capable of it doesn't mean that they are going to be machmisim. We are going to see what being machmisim means in a bit, but at least they are going to be capable of being machmisim. Halacha gimel. En mevashalin hitin b'maim kigon rifot velokemach kigon levivot. 
on during Pesach, we may not boil grains of wheat in water, what's called rifot. Uh, rifot is uh, what in, in Arabic is called burgol. It's, uh, it's something that you can use for making kibbeh, etc. Or, or with water and doing all kinds of uh, boiled like donuts or, or bagels. And if a person went ahead and did that and boiled uh, something with flour during Pesach, this also becomes hametz. Actually, the warm water becomes hametz much quicker than the cold water as we're going to see. But this is, so long as visually I can see that during the, the process of boiling, the dough has broken out, has, uh, which is a sign of leavening. In that case, there are hames gamur. Otherwise, as we'll see, we still don't eat it. We also may not uh, fry dough. We may not fry dough on Pesach, like donuts. But we may boil something that was already made into bread or flour that was roasted. So roasted flour and bread will never again become hames. So I can do whatever I want with them. However, although we said we may not boil, this is all when the water and the dough are getting, heat, are getting heated more or less simultaneously. However, if I first heat the water very, very hot, and then I proceed to throw the dough inside, this is called halita. In Hebrew, it's a process that's called halita. And uh, this is permissible. However, it's permissible because there is no time for, for the dough to become hamet. It will become cooked before it becomes hamet. However, in Shinar, uh, Shinar means the, the, the Levant, uh, Iraq, Bisfarad, in Spain, Ubcholamarav, and all of the West, it's already the custom not to do this, to forbid this, because it's possible that a person might not boil the water, might not warm the water hot enough. <laughs> So, although we forbade to boil with water, it's permissible to boil with liquids other than water, and also a dough that was made with things other than water, then it's permissible to, bo to boil it with things other than water or to fry it with, with oils. Because again, meperot do not cause haimus. Halachahe. Carmel. Carmel is something of grains that uh, before before uh, before they are fully mature, so you take them early on, and then they used to roast them uh, by, by the fire, and then it, after you roast them, then you make flour from them, that's Carmel. So you take the grains before they're fully mature, you roast them, and then you, you make flour from them, that's called Carmel, it's in the Torah. One may not use that flour to boil it with water. Because the concern is the roasting may not have been sufficient to get to the entirety of the grain, therefore it can become hames. 
וכן כשהם מולדים לקדלות החדשות, also when they do a process that's called מלילה, they used to take back in the day steel and iron and metals were not as refined as the post-Carnegie world, Carnegie was the one who industrialized steel making the United States, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to, to have the, the utensils that they had back in the day, and they, as soon as you had them, they had uh, lots of grooves and, and other imperfections, and one of the things you'd do is you'd boil water with something starchy in order for the starch and the water to penetrate into all of those uh, grooves and make the whole container a little more, more impermeable. So that's melila. It's forbidden to do melila um, with, uh, with, with, with actual, with actual uh, something that, that can become hames, but rather you should use one should use uh, flour that's made from matzah, matzah meal. However, even which is something we, we, we said before, it cannot become hames, a roasted flour. For this purpose, it's forbidden because for the same concern, it may be that it wasn't roasted properly and then it can become hames. We talk about melila in halacha he. Now halacha vav is belila with a bet. En bolelin et haseorin b'maim b'pesach. Mipenesh en rafinu machamisim b'mehera. Liblol is is some is submerging the grains in water in order to soften their peel and so that you can peel them more easily from their shaft. So you may not do melila with barley on barley during Pesach. Why? Because barley is pretty soft and therefore it can become hummus very quickly. And if one went ahead and did so, did the belila process of submerging the grains in order to make more easy the, the, the peeling of them. If they became if they became uh, uh, soft enough so that if you put them on top of the beef, the beef used to be, you have to imagine half a pipe made of clay, that's a beef. The one on which people make halot, if they are going to then, uh, you know, because of the heat of the beef, uh, finish the leavening process and break, break apart, which, which means that they leavened. Then this became forbidden. And if they are not so soft that as soon as you put them on the beef, they be, they break out. This is mutar. This is all in the Gemara. In Masachet Pesachim. Halachazayin. Achitim mutar livlol otam b'mayim k'dele asir subam. Now not barley, but wheat. Wheat. It's permissible to do belila with water in order to take out to remove their chaff. V'tochanin otam miyad but then one must do the grinding process right away just like what's done with solid solid is something that's also done right away however however it's became it's become the custom in the Levant now Arabam adds here also in Israel Israel was not one of the places that had the other custom that we mentioned before in Spain in the, the western cities. Not to do this belila with wheat, with water. Because it can, it's very easy for it to, for someone to prolong their submersion in water and bring them to Haimus. 
תבשיל שנתבשל ונמצאו בו שעורים מוחיתים. Some תבשיל, some food, some dish that was cooked, and then inside you find that some grains of wheat had fallen, or some grains of barley. So what do you do? Is it, did it become חמס or not? אם נתבקעו, הרי כל התבשיל אסור, שהרי נדערב בו החמס. If, so you look at one specific sign, if they, were, if they broke, if they uh, broke into, you know, if, if they broke out these grains or not. If they broke, then this means that they became Hames and the entirety of the Tavshil is forbidden because as we said before, that Hames Bapesa hafillu be'elef lo batil, given that it's Tavar she'yesh u'matilim. So it has Hames inside it, and therefore everything becomes forbidden. If they did not break out, if they are still wholesome and dire, they haven't uh, broken it, they haven't become Hames, then I may remove this Hames from there, these specific grains, and I burn those, because they may become, they may have become, they may be becoming Hames, and I may eat the rest of the tafshil, of the dish, because when, sorry, because so long as the grain did not have this bikua, this breaking, it's not hames min and this is only in the rabbananas we are going to see in, in the next line. Mishum and why is that? Why did Hachamim forbid this? And by the way, this is one instance in which the breakdown of the Halachot in the printed version makes absolutely no sense. If you look at the manuscripts, like I have it right now in front of me, the edition of Rabbi Yochai Makbili, uh, this is very, very seamless that Mishum Emar is part of the same sentence. So it's Ve'eno Ela Medivres of Rim, Kama Mishum Emar. If you look at the printed, it's Ve'eno Ela Medivres of Rim, period. And then the next Paragraph begins with Mishum Shanaimar, which doesn't make much sense. So, and this is only Midarabanan to eat grains that um, were boiled but did not break. And why did Hamim forbid it? Mishum Shanaimar, because the Pasuk says, Ushmartem et Hamasot, you shall keep, you shall preserve, you shall make sure, you shall be careful with the Masot. Kilomar, Hizaharu Bamasa, as if to say, we must be careful with Masa Veshimru Otahamikol Sadhimus and to have and, and, and make sure that it doesn't get any kind of Himus, even the kind of Himus that is not Hames Kamurumi de Oraita, even without Bikua. So we are going to see something amazing here. This is a reading that is is like Rabbi Yosef Kafeh, Allah Shalom, uh, which to my opinion is the most is the most uh, logical reading. And it's not the reading of people like the Gra or like the Magid Mishneh or others. So the question is, what is Masa Shemura and when do we need Masa Shemura in Pesach? According to the Gra, reading the next Halakha in Harambam, for Harambam, one would need to have Masa Shemura all seven days or all eight, the eight days of Pesach. According to Rabbi Yosef Kafeh, one really would not need Matzah Shemura even for the night of the Seder. So what does it mean, Shimur, Matzah Shemura? Matzah Shemura, the, the Shimur is 
just a general instruction, generally for Pesach, for anything that can become Hamas, to be extra careful and extra mahmir. One of the examples being that if I boil grains of wheat and they did not have bikua, I still throw them out like we saw. And that is the, the shimul that needs to be done. What, what about the masa of the night of the seder? Harambam does mention, as we are going to see in the last chapter, right? so what is that masa meshumedet? So that probably refers to a masa that was made as opposed to, let's say, as we are going to see in the next chapter. So with that, halachatet. That's why Hachamim said, because of Ushmartem et Hamasot. Hachamim said, they gave an instruction, a person should be careful to avoid, to prevent water from coming into contact with the grain after Kesira, after cutting it off. So it doesn't come to Himutz. Now, does this mean that something that was not watched carefully with cameras and I don't know what else from Sha'at Kesira is not fit for Pesach? No, of course not. This is a general instruction that Hachamim are saying the Torah is asking us to be extra careful. So please be extra careful. If you weren't extra careful, you know, in other words, it's an instruction for the person, not a definition of the grain. And furthermore, if you have dagan that was st not, still not flower, it's still dagan, in other words, that fell in the water or water fell on it, it's forbidden to eat it and it's forbidden to keep it. Or rather, it needs to be sold to a Jew, specifically to a Jew, with the disclaimer that it should be eaten before Pesach. If it's going to be sold to non-Jews before Pesach, it needs to be sold in small quantities to several of them. So that I can be sure that they are going to be eaten before Pesach. Because the Goy can then turn and sell it to a Jew. Grain, cut grain. Again, we are still in Shemirat Hadagan Halachot. Uh, grain on which uh, some uh, continuous water st started falling so long as the, the water is falling drop after drop after drop is dripping continuously even if this continues all day long and nobody the this will not become hames but as soon as it stops if it stays long enough so that it becomes hames as we're going to see this is forbidden. Halacha Yod Aleph. Some instructions for how to actually bake masot. And masot will be baked back in the day, fresh during Pesach. En lashim Pesach, It's forbidden to have a too large a dough, a quantity of, of dough on Pesach to make masot because if the quantity is too large, it's easier for it to become hames. Ella rather it should be the, the shiur of the hala which we are going to explain in the next halacha the enlashin and to, to, to use the, what, what water can be used for kneading this dough not with warm water or hot water not with water that was heated by the sun 
ולא במים שנשאבו בו ביום, nor with water that was drawn from the well right now during that day, אלא במים שלנו, rather with water that has just passed the night. Why? Because the night on top of the surface, not, not uh, underneath, is uh, colder, and therefore this water is going to be cold, which is harder to become chames. And if a person, however, use any kind of any of these kinds of water, then it becomes uh, asur. Not so, by the way, with a large dough. A large dough is only lechat achila, but the avad does not become asur. Halachayot bet. Not as heavy shata hat hashemesh v'talush, v'lotachat arakia be'yomi avim. A woman, when she's making this masa on Pesach, she should not sit down under the sun and knead or under the exposed. The exposed uh, uh, sky in a rainy day, in the day that's cloudy, even if it's a place that the sun doesn't really uh, shine too much, in other words, in very northern places, sorry, in, in, in a place uh, uh, shaded, sorry, and so she, she also should not uh, let go Of, of, the, of the dough and go and do something else. You should be constantly preoccupied and occupied with the dough. And if she was the same person who was doing the lisha, the kneading of the dough and the baking, she needs two containers of water. One in order to uh, cut off, it's, it's what you use to, to wet your hands in order to then cut off a piece of the dough, that's kituf. And another one that she uses to cool off her hand after placing the dough in the oven where her hand becomes very warm, so she can't use her warm hand to knead the dough, she needs to cool it off, it needs to be a separate container. However, if she uh, transgressed any of these instructions and she uh, did the, the, the dough under the sun or did not cool off her hand or made a dough larger than she or uh, the, the, the pat the pat is uh, the, this the dough is permissible. And what is Shaul Halad? This is important not only for here, but generally for Shaul Halad. This is uh, 43 and a fifth, 43.2 eggs. Mag betzim bechomesh betza. Keguf habesa habenonit. And this is, uh, this is a measure of volume, like an average egg, not weight. Okay, so a volume of flour volume of flour of uh, of around uh, so this turns up being 2.16 liters uh, which is uh, a little more than half a gallon so long as a person is uh, messing with handling the dough even if it's all day long This cannot become hamas. However, once you let go and then come back to it, and then there was enough time for this dough to rest to the point that it, it's going to sound like something the moment that you hear it. In other words, it has an echo when you hear it. 
means this is a sign that it's become Hames and it should be burned immediately. And if the sound does not sound, if there is no sound, one more ceiling, if it stayed long enough as 24 minutes, she or meal for Harambam is 24 minutes. It's the it's the uh, it's the the measure of time that it will take the Roman army to go around one kilometer, one thousand yards, one mil, which is twenty four minutes. This became Hames v'isaref miyad, and it should be burnt immediately. V'cheni michsifu panav third sign. Also, if uh, it the, the the face of it, the surface of it became wider, kadam she'amdu sa'arotav, and like someone who has goosebumps. It, it, it's starting to 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 have uh, all kind of uh, grooves in it. This dough is forbidden to be eaten. However, it does not uh, involve karet. It's not fully hames, but it's hames midrabanan because of ushmartemet hamasot. So let me just sum up something very important. When does something become become hames? Nowadays, the common typical understanding is. If 18 minutes pass, so first of all, it's not 18 minutes. For mom, it's 24 minutes. Second of all, pass from when to when. So let's be clear. Something become, becomes hames first and foremost when it becomes hames. First and foremost, when it actually goes through the process of leavening, we have a siman for that. What is a siman for that? The sound that it makes, or the color, the change of color, and the texture of the surface. One of those two things means it became hames. As another siman that we have, another ceiling that we have is the presumption, the assumption that if something was idle for 24 minutes, it also became hames. But much more important than the time is the siman. The time should only be a ceiling and not the only measure that we take into account. In other words, something can definitely become hames after two minutes or three minutes or four minutes or 23 minutes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be 24 minutes. 24 minutes is the maximum. If you have two doughs, one of them has a siman of hames, one of them doesn't, but you made them at the same time, so you should burn both of them uh, because one of them shows that the other one also became hames. It's forbidden to make all kinds of shapes and uh, pretty looking uh, halot or masot on Pesach. Because if if you do that, then the person who is trying to make them look pretty is going to spend too much time doing so. They can, they can become hames. Therefore, this only applies. This only applies to lay people but not to professional bakers they can they can do shapes if they want because they are very expert in what they are doing and they do it quickly enough but late persons asurin they cannot do so even if this is done through a mold making shapes with a mold you would think this only takes two seconds that's forbidden why because as soon as i bake something with a mold and it looks with that shape what's going to happen everyone else who's coming to my house and is going to see oh what a pretty uh, gingerbread gingerbread man looking uh, masai you made 
is going to want to do the same thing and they are not going to use the fus and they are going to cause hames. Vishhu ba'asiyatam bi'ahamisu. Halachat etzayin. Ma'im shalu hasin bo'ayadayin ve'arevash ahar shelashin. The water that was used to wash one's hands and also the areva, the pot in which I mixed all the ingredients after I finished the matzah. Ve'chen ma'im shemishtameshim bo'bish'at lisha. Also the water that was used for actually kneading the dough. Ha'lezei shafech bimkom midron. I have to make sure to throw it somewhere that's going in a sloped area so it's going to not stay in one place because we do have the concern that the water can gather in one place and that water can become hames because the water has traces of flour in it the, the mursan was the the chaff what we what today bakers add back to make whole wheat bread, so that, that uh, the peels of the grains, that's mursan, and it used to be the food that you feed your animals, so you take the, the grains, You obviously you don't throw anything out if you live more than 300 years ago, so you take the, the clean grains and you make from them solid, you make from them clean flour, and what do you do with the peels? Do you throw them out? Of course not. You put them in water, and then you give them to your chicken, but you cannot do so on Pesach. The mursan can also become hames. You may not put the mursan in water and then put it for the chicken. Sheme, why? Lest ya hamis, it can become hames. So what can you do to feed your poor chicken? You can do the halita, which is boil the water first and then throw the mursan inside. However, as we mentioned before, the halita is something that people no longer do because they are concerned they may not boil the water enough. However, it is permissible to take the, the mursan and, and uh, mix it with water and give it to the chicken right away so they eat it right away and, and while you're supervising and making sure that not enough time passes, and for this measure we do use the 24 minutes, so that it can become hames. And so long as either the chicken are trying to eat it and, and moving it, or you are trying, you are handling it, also it cannot become hames. It's only when they stop eating and that uh, mursan, that grain peel becomes, the chaff becomes idle, then you have to wash that container that had the mursan inside, those peels with water, and throw it in a sloped way to dispose of it so it doesn't become hames. One more usage for mursan. It used to be used as soap. Uh, a woman who is going to, to, to the bathhouse and she wanted to take mursan with her, it's something good for the skin, she cannot uh, first wet it and then take it with her. Rather, she should apply it on her skin dry and then, and then remove it. Uh, there is some people who say, and obviously, and obviously, don't uh, uh, not, 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 not to leave it inside the, the bath. Some other people read it that no, she can't go inside the bath and it's going to come off, and then it's no longer her concern if it becomes hamis or not. One more thing that we used, we spoke about, melugma, uh, a person may not 
chew on grains and then put it on his wound because the, the saliva does cause does bring about hames. Uh, now with respect to haroset, haroset, we are going to see later how it's it's made, but it definitely has either wine or vinegar, which makes uh, the whole mixture more likely to become hames quickly. So if I, it's forbidden to put flour in the haroset, and if I added flour to the haroset, it needs to be burnt immediately. Because it's something that becomes hamis very quickly because of its acidity. Likewise with hardal, with mustard, one may not add flour to it. And if one added to it, unlike the haroset where it needs to be thrown out immediately, the hardal needs to be eaten immediately. It's permissible to add to add all kinds of spices and uh, sesame seeds and uh, and other and other kinds of ingredients to the, the dough. It's also permissible to add to the dough uh, that has water, shemen, uh, oil or or honey or milk, or to use them in order to, to cut off the pieces of the dough, which will give them flavor. However, for the first day of Pesach, it's only permissible to use water. Not because of Hames, but because the Torah said, the, the, the poor man's bread, or the, the bread of oppression. It's only on the first day that we need to to uh, to remember this lechem oni and not mix things that make the uh, make it masa ashira. Halacha kaf alef. Kol keli cheres nishamash b'hen hames besonen. Mutale nishamash b'hen masa besonen. Now some halachot about kelim about utensils and which utensils are. How can I use utensils uh, that were used for hames? So anything that is made of cheres of clay that was used for hames in cold. I may use it in cold for things other than the containers that were used for the seor, seor explains is a sourdough starter, or the one for the haroset, because they are very, uh, they make things hames very easily, and they can contaminate other things with hames. Also, the pots, the containers in which the dough is made uh, during the year and left there to rise, those also are forbidden to be used on Pesach, even on cold. They are like Seor. It's forbidden to use them on Pesach. We mentioned before, this is a half pipe made of clay that they used to uh, put it inside the oven and put it inside the dough so it, it becomes uh, hala. In which the halot of hames are made all year long. It's forbidden to make masa on it on Pesach. However, if this half pipe is filled with hot coals and and uh, and burned in the place where the hames was, this can make it kasher to be used for masa. By the way, this is one of the only sources in Harambam that talks about how to make uh, utensils kasher, so pay attention not only for Pesach, but generally. 
any utensil of metals, or of stone, in which hametz uh, was used in keli rishon, in other words, on top of the fire, like pots in which you cook. What do you do with them? You have to put them inside a larger container and then you fill water and you boil them with the water inside. And only after that, then you rinse them and you can use them in masa. This is what people call today hagala. Um, so to knives, needs to be boiled in a keli rishon on top of a fire. Only after they can be used with masa. This is a rule that Aharonim call kebol'o kachbolto. The same way that it swallowed hames, so too it's capable of expelling it by the same process of boiling. Now, things that were used not on top of the fire, but with hot things, but not on the fire, in which you served, and they are metal, uh, stone, or wooden, like plates and, and, and silverware and uh, cups, so you don't need to boil them on top of the fire, you just put them inside the big container and you throw hot water on them. Then you, you rinse them, and that's enough to use them in Pesach. Now, things made of clay or ceramic uh, or china that were used with, with uh, hot things of Hamas, whether it was on the fire or to serve on them, they may not be made kosher on Pesach. This applies even to ceramic that is surrounded by glassy material, just like all the ceramic ware that we have Nowadays, so you may not use things that were used for hames of ceramic on Pesach. You may not make them kosher. You just leave them there. Obviously, you do not need to destroy them. Obviously, you, you should not sell them to a goy in a sham sale. Just leave them until after Pesach, and then after Pesach, you use them again. Kafvav. Last halacha. Kali rishon shrasale hartiho. What do you do with a large container, the largest pot that you have? You want to make it kosher, you don't have anything larger than it in which to put it and boil it. So this is what you do. You, you make the border above its border made of, for example, clay, so that the border now is higher than it used to be. And then you fill up the water above the, the maximum you could do so before, and you can do that now because you extended the border, and then you boil that, and that's enough. And afterwards you wash it, you rinse it, and you can use it for Pesach, for things that are kasher le Pesach. Baruch Adonai le'olam. Amen ve'amen.